Welcome everybody to another edition of Outside the Shoe. This week it will just be me, Jeff Hammersley, talking about Ohio State sports that are not football or men's basketball related. Uh, last week and actually the last two weeks we've covered baseball, softball, men's lacrosse, and a few other sports in between. Same kind of structure this week. We'll lead off with softball, uh, talk some baseball, men's lacrosse, and give you some big news coming out of the men's volleyball program this week. But let's start things off with the Buckeyes softball squad as they're taking on Michigan State this weekend in East Lansing. In the first of the three-game series, Ohio State had a great outing behind the pitching of Morgan Ray in the circle. A career-high 13 batters were struck out by the senior right-hander, and Ohio State offensively put together a 16-hit effort as they took down a five-run deficit en route to a 15-6 victory and six innings on Friday night for the Buckeyes winning this first game of the series improves them to 27 and 14 overall and gets them to the double-digit win column in the Big Ten. They now stand at 10 and 5 as they have the Saturday and Sunday games coming up. But in that Friday game, the Buckeyes, those 15 runs, came at the bat of a bunch of helping hands. Lily Piper had four runs as she was walked three times. Both of those stats are career highs. Emily Clark uh, was one of the main go-to pieces of the offensive puzzle for the Lady Buckeyes, going a perfect four for four. Four runs came home from her, five total RBIs. And that's a career-high mark in both the hits and RBIs, and while setting a new career-high and coming home and runs scored. So those are just two of the pieces. Ashley Prangy uh, also had some career numbers to her own accord. She had three hits and brought home two runs as well. Callie Bourne, three RBI effort, a couple hits, a couple walks, and she had one run. Ohio State, this is a season high with those 15 runs. 14 of those runs were considered RBIs and a quartet of stolen bases. Just about every starter got a hit. Eight in total recorded a hit against the Michigan State pitching staff. Five of those players had a multi-hit contest in game one of this weekend series. For Ohio State, just taking a look at some of the numbers here, Michigan State had to bring in four pitchers into the circle. Ohio State, for the six innings, they scored in early and often and multi-times in each inning. They had chances to score, and they actually did bring home some of those runs. Ohio State had bases loaded three times in this game. Ohio State also, from a batting standpoint, 500 batting average for the game. Basically, one in two batters when they came up to the plate were getting a hit. Not much you can do there if you're Michigan State when Ohio State is swinging a bat that is so hot. But with that first game, to wrap up some of the things uh, before we move on and preview the second game, Ashley Prangy and Emily Clark, uh, ninth and eighth games respectively, where they've had games with multiple runs batted in. And again, for Ohio State, part of the magic so far this season has been their ability to bring home runs, whether it's Clark or Prangy or Piper. Someone's there at the plate to bring home some runs, and when they swing the bat, they generally do bring home some runs. So Ohio State 27-14 and 14 overall, looking to make that a 28-14 and 14 record when they come back on Saturday. 11 a.m. they'll be playing on the Big Ten Network. 
So if you want to try to catch Ohio State in this series, you can. There is a the potential to do just that. And then on Sunday, the same kind of thing happening uh, for the series with Ohio State and Michigan State will be broadcasted on BTN to go. So BTN on Saturday, BTN to go on Sunday. The Sunday game is a 1 p.m. contest, so don't forget about that. It's not the same time. And Saturday will be at 11 a.m., so a little bit earlier than what we're used to seeing uh, with these kind of games in the weekend. Uh, for Michigan State, though, uh, it's now a four-game losing skid, counting the one game where they've lost to Ohio State on Friday. And it's pretty good for Ohio State in that respect as they can gain some ground in the Big Ten. Ohio State overall against the Spartans, 72-45. and 45. Ohio State swept the last uh, season's game in Columbus, and they outscored the Spartans by 22-9 to margin. If things keep on the pace they're going, they're going to have 22 runs already in this season's series, as Ohio State has had 15 runs in the first game on Friday. And honestly, if we're going to look at how Ohio State's performing from Friday and try to predict how they're going to do Saturday Sunday, kind of makes sense if Lily Piper and Emily Clark were going to be a couple of the mainstays and the hits and the RBI and in the run column because both those Buckeyes got drafted back on earlier in the week on Monday. The National Pro Fast Pitch College draft took place. Cleveland Comets took Piper and Clark with the 15th and 16th overall picks. So for those Buckeyes, after their Ohio State careers are done, they'll be going on to the pro level. The two selections in the draft are the most that Ohio State's had in one year in program history. And so far, it makes sense. Both of those Buckeyes have had great careers and great seasons already, as there's still a few few series left in the season before we go in to the Big Ten tournament taking place in the beginning of May in Indiana. And those few series that are left, I'm going to include the two games remaining in the Michigan State series, which is taking place on the road. Ohio State will come back next week to host Illinois from April 26th through the 28th. Those games following uh, Friday 6 p.m., Saturday 2 p.m., and Sunday 1 p.m. start times. And Ohio State will conclude their season in the first week of May, May 3rd through the 5th, on the road against Iowa, and before, as I just mentioned, before they go to Bloomington to play in the Big Ten Tournament. So not much softball left this season, at least in the regular season side, and there's only going to be three more games left for the Buckeyes at Buckeye Field. So if you try to catch Ohio State softball, you have three more chances, including senior night taking, or in this case, senior afternoon, when Ohio State takes on Illinois on April 28th at 1 p.m. So for Ohio State, once again, a big win in Game 1 of the three-game series with Michigan State. Saturday contest with the Spartans will be on BTN. 11 a.m. first pitch is scheduled. And then Sunday, BTN to go. We'll have the 1 p.m. conclusion of the Spartans and Buckeyes live from East Lansing. And now, let's take a look at how the baseball team is doing as they take on Maryland this weekend. And now the Ohio State baseball team on a bit of a hot streak of late winners of five of their last six games. And this weekend they'll be taking on Maryland on the road at Bob Turtle Smith Stadium. 
but the schedule has kind of changed. This was supposed to be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series, but because of rain, inclement weather on Friday, the schedule has been shifted around. Doubleheader will be played on Saturday at 1 p.m. from College Park at Bob Turtle Smith Stadium. The Sunday game is still scheduled for 1 p.m., the series can be heard on AM 1460 ESPN in the Columbus area, but if you're trying to catch video, there will be no stream of the Ohio State-Maryland series this weekend. So once again, doubleheader Saturday beginning at 1 p.m. Sunday's 1 p.m. contest is still on. ESPN 1460 AM ESPN 1460 is how you'll be able to hear your Buckeyes as they go to Bob Turtlesmith Stadium to face the Terps. But... Heading into this series, as I mentioned before, Ohio State winners of five of their last six games. That includes two of three from Michigan and one of the games against Xavier earlier in the week. Let's review last week's series with Michigan. A very well-attended series beginning last Friday night. Ohio State, a 10-5 win at home. Dominique Canzone, four of five, three runs for the Buckeyes. 1,815 fans were in attendance. That at the time was one of the top uh, attended games on the season. But that would all be broken on Saturday as the Buckeyes, with the help of the spring game traffic, had a bunch of people head over to Bill Davis Stadium for some Buckeye Wolverine baseball. 5,280 people were at the game on Saturday. That's good enough for second most all-time for an Ohio State baseball game. Uh, at Bill Davis Stadium, Nick Swisher Field. In that game, Ohio State, in the part of a doubleheader, took the first game 10-4 before losing the second game 6-2. But for Ohio State, it was a grand effort from Canzone for the whole weekend. 9-14, uh, for 14, a 6.43 average, four runs were scored. He had a double, a triple, and he went distance twice, two home runs, four RBIs against one of the best teams in the Big Ten. Michigan was one of the top teams in the Big Ten entering last weekend before taking on Ohio State. And for him, that series helped him get to 33 games where he got on the base. On the mound, Seth Lonsway went five and two-thirds innings of work, gave up five hits, a trio of runs, but he got the win for Ohio State with four strikeouts along the way. Will Finnick came in for relief work going three and one-third inning. He only, only gave up two hits, a run, on well, that one run being earned, but he had six strikeouts and walked no one, a big reason for why the Buckeyes were able to hang on for that 10-4 win to begin the doubleheader with the Wolverines. Then for Ohio State on the season, that was their first series win against a ranked opponent. And that game one victory over the Wolverines clinched three straight series in Columbus where they took down Michigan. So a lot was at stake over the weekend. And for Michigan, in game number two, Jeff Criswell, his six and two-thirds inning of work on the mound, saved the Wolverines from the sweep on the road. Michigan got that 6-2 win behind him, surrendering just six hits and gaining four strikeouts. And for Ohio State, Dominique Canzone and Ridge Winand were most of the offense in that second game, both going two for four. And for Michigan, getting that win by getting single run innings through the second through the sixth inning, really that was just 
one run, then two runs, three. They kind of took the scoreboard piece by piece, and they built upon that lead. Then they added one run in the eighth. Ohio State's scoring output was held to just the fifth inning. Wyden had a single to left field, uh, drove in Zach DeZenzo via an air, and then an RBI grounder from Canzone brought Wyden in for run number two in the fifth inning. And on the mound for Ohio State, Griffin Smith went five innings in that second game. However, he gave up eight hits. Four of the six runs came off his doing on the mound, and that got him his second loss on the season. He falls to three and two. Uh, Joe Gamm came in for Ohio State after that two and a third innings. He gave up the final two runs in the game, but he only gave up three hits and had three strikeouts and a walk to go along with that. Andrew Magno then went two and a third innings as well. No runs came around when he was on the bump. For Ohio State, the series, they take two of three. Michigan's win in game two of the doubleheader snaps an Ohio State eight-game winning streak against the Wolverines. But if you're looking for some good news after the weekend series with Michigan concluded, Greg Beals now improves to 14-5 and overall as head coach of the Buckeyes when facing Michigan. So that's a pretty good record to have, and not the only Ohio State coach who has a really good record against the Wolverines. After Ohio State's series win against Michigan, they took on Xavier on Tuesday, another Ohio State victory in that one. By the final score of 8-5, Ohio State 13 hits in that game to get those eight runs. But the bigger story may have been that fifth-year senior Thomas Wanig got his first career win in this game for Ohio State. 8-5, the final there. Ohio State had the bats helping Wanig, the Maple City, Michigan native, took on his former team in this game. Going a career-high four scoreless innings, only surrendered one hit, a pair of strikeouts. But life is always easier when you have some hot bats. Dominic Canzone going deep in this game for his 10th home run. Brad Cherry also went deep, hitting his 9th home run. Ohio State improves to 32-12 and 12 all-time against Xavier. And in this game, Ohio State, each of the starters got a hit in the game against the Musketeers. That's the first time since the Nebraska game on April 1st, 2018, where the Buckeyes had that occurrence. In that game, they had 22 hits. So nine hits less against Xavier, but still the outcome is still very good. They get the win, and all the momentum heading into the weekend series with the Maryland Terrapins, who enter the series 18-19, and 5-4 and in Big Ten play, and 6-10 and at home. Ohio State 21-17, and 4-5 and in Big Ten play, but on the road they are 6-7, and seven, looking to get above 500 in contest away from Bill Davis Stadium. So projected starters for this game, Garrett Burhen was supposed to be on the mound in Friday's game. So that would I would feel like he would be the leading off guy on Saturday. He is 5-1 so far this season with a 3.16 ERA. Hunter Parsons will be on the mound projected for Maryland. He is 6-2 on the year holding a 2.95 ERA. Saturday, the, the, which was scheduled to be the second game of the series, I'm going to assume this is what we will see in the second part of the doubleheader. Seth Lonsway for Ohio State, he is 5-3, a 3.88 ERA through 51 innings of work. Zach Thompson will be projected on the mound for the Terrapins. He is 1-4 on the year with a 5.29 ERA. 
Sunday's projected lineup on the mound will be Griffin Smith, 3-2 and two for Ohio State, versus Trevor Labonte, who is 1-3 and three and with a 5.85 ERA. So once again, Ohio State-Maryland this weekend, uh, doubleheader on Saturday with the final game taking place scheduled in for Sunday at 1 p.m. The w- doubleheader on Saturday will be at, at 1 p.m. as well, and you can catch those games on AM 1460 ESPN. Once again, AM 1460 ESPN is the only way you're going to be able to catch Ohio State-Maryland baseball. This game and this series will not be streamed. So if you're trying to catch Buckeyes and Terrapins listening over the airwaves will be the only way you will be able to do that. And with that, that wraps up our baseball coverage for the week. Now let's transition over to men's lacrosse and see how the Buckeyes are doing in that sport. The Buckeyes men's lacrosse team, just like the baseball team, is facing Maryland. Uh, The difference is Ohio State will be hosting Maryland, and also Maryland is the number two team in the country when it comes to men's lacrosse. But Ohio State, they are no slouch either when it comes to men's lacrosse this season. The Buckeyes, number eight entering the week before they took on Johns Hopkins, who was 15th, a game on the road in Baltimore. Uh, our own land grant Holy Land's own Meredith Hine helped us preview the game last week on Outside the Shoe. In this game, Ohio State looked like in the first half that they weren't going to get the win, trailed 8-3 at halftime, but they rallied with seven goals in the third period en route to coming back and winning 14-13 in Baltimore against the Blue Jays. Ohio State was led by Jackson Reed. He had a team-high five goals in this game. Trey LeClaire had a hat trick. Johnny Wiseman also with three goals as well. Jack Jasinski had two. JT Bugliosi also added the 14th goal uh, total for Ohio State in this game. Ohio State, though, from a shot-on-period statistic, led this for the most of the game. The first quarter, 14-9, they outshot Johns Hopkins. Johns Hopkins then turned the tables 12-6 in the second. But the Buckeyes, 15 shots in the third, 14th in the fourth for a total of 49. Johns Hopkins had 39. But for Ohio State, the way this one went down, just looking at some of the stats outside of who scored goals, the the shots came in from just about everybody. Jackson Reed had his five goals, but 12 shots. That was a team-leading 12 shots. Dzinski had six. LeClaire had eight. Wiseman had five. So for Ohio State, a bunch of different guys finding ways to at least take some shots. Uh, the bigger thing is having the shots on goal. Jasinski, half of his six shots found a way to be contested on the shot on goal. Reed had seven. LeClaire had three. Ryan Tarafanko had three total shots. All three were considered shots on goal. Jack Myers, two total shots, one on goal. And uh, Bugliosi for Ohio State had four total shots, one of them on goal. That one shot being on goal going in for a goal. Uh, for Ohio State, taking a look a little bit deeper into how this all went in the scoring summary, 27 total tallied goals between the two teams. Jackson Reed getting the final goal, 49 seconds remaining in the fourth for Ohio State. This game was back and forth in the fourth period. The Buckeyes pulled within one in the fourth, making it 12-11 to 11 after Johns Hopkins opened up with a goal in the fourth to go up to 12-10. But Ohio State fought back. 
They made it 13-12 with the Jackson Reed goal with just over six minutes left. Cole Williams for Johns Hopkins tied it back up with just a little over two minutes remaining. And then Reed put in his 22nd goal of the season. And the big one giving Ohio State the 14-13 win on the road. But for Ohio State, that was last week. Now we go on to this week where the competition gets even more tougher. Ohio State so far, though, this season, uh, they're 8-2. The Johns Hopkins victory was their first Big Ten win on the year. But they've been in some pretty good contests already this season, most notably back on April 7th when they went on the road to take on Penn State. They lost that game 13-8, to but Ohio State definitely was in that game, did not get blown out, but that kind of got them ready for this John Hopkins game. And it definitely has got to help them get ready for the Maryland game, which you can catch on BTN on Saturday, April 20th, a 1 p.m. contest taking place from Ohio Stadium. Ohio State, a very big game in the Big Ten, trying to get their second win and four contests before they close out the season in Ann Arbor, taking on Michigan on Friday, April 26th. That game at 6 p.m. ESPNU telecast. But that's looking ahead uh, to the final game of the regular season. This game on Saturday is Senior Day Ohio State. Since that win against Johns Hopkins has moved up one spot to number seven overall. So a very big Senior Day. It's a top ten matchup. It's a big ten matchup. And it's taking place in the shoe. So Ohio State, uh, some of the all-time series numbers, Maryland leads it 8-3. to The last meeting, Ohio State did win 12-10. to It was on the road in College Park last season on April 22nd. So almost a complete year since Ohio State had that two-goal victory against the Terrapins on the road. Getting this one at home would be absolutely huge, Ohio State. Already riding that win streak, getting their first Big Ten win of the season. 8-2, a very impressive 8-2 on the year so far. Had a marquee win on the road at Notre Dame before they took down Johns Hopkins. But uh, I don't think you can discount the importance of it being senior day. Ohio State hasn't really been in Columbus for games that often. The past seven weeks of action, only the second time they'll be at home playing this senior class, it's been a very big senior class in terms of when they've had 39 in the past four years. And within that trip of those over those 39 games of that they've won over the course of that 39 game win line, they've had their first ever trip to the NCAA Final Four. So Ohio State, a very talented squad, a team that knows how to put goals into the net. So far this season, they're ranked 22nd in goals per game with 12.20. Offensively, Trey LeClaire has been one of the go-to players. Multiple times he's scored, has been in all 10 of these games. Uh, a team-high 32 goals on the season. He's got 3.2 goals per game. That's the best. It's 8th best nationally and 2nd best in the Big Ten. Uh, sophomore Jackson Reed had a six-point effort against Johns Hopkins, a very big reason for why they got that road win. 22 goals on the year for him with eight dishes as well. The past six games, he's been putting 3.66 points per game. So between LeClaire and Reed, very important factors this weekend as the Buckeyes look to get their final home win of the season inside Ohio Stadium and send the seniors off uh, very happy 
in their final game donning the Ohio State colors in Columbus. And again, you can catch the Ohio State-Maryland uh, lacrosse contest senior day from the shoe on Saturday, 1 p.m. start time with BTN broadcasting the game. And now let's round up some of the other notable moments throughout the week with Ohio State Athletics. Undoubtedly the biggest news of the week coming out of men's volleyball head coach Pete Hansen announcing his retirement 35 years as the Ohio State men's volleyball head coach, member of the Ohio State Athletics Hall of Fame in 2017. Uh, over four decades worth of volleyball coaching experience, a very big reason for why Ohio State has, has had a very successful volleyball program. Numbers galore accolades galore for him the big one being his three national championships in 2011 and then back to back in 2016 and 2017 the 2016 one taking place at Penn State getting big wins over UCLA and BYU in the semifinals and the finals three Hall of Fame inductions across his career the AVCA in 2015 OSU in 2017 and then USA Volleyball coming this year in 2019. Four times he's been recognized as the National Coach of the Year. His first one coming in 1998, the second one coming in 2000, and then 2011-2016, two of his championship years uh, also gained the accolade of being named Coach of the Year. Five times he's had the honor of being named Big Ten Medal of Honor recipient. On six occasions, he's had Ohio State undefeated at St. John Arena, which this season was the last year that the Buckeyes will be playing in St. John Arena before moving over to West Campus to play at the Cavelli Center. On 13 occasions, he's taken home the MIVA tournament title, the MIVA. This is Midwestern Intercollegiate Volleyball Association. That's the conference Ohio State belongs to in volleyball. 13 times he's taken home the tournament titles uh, in that arena 13 times he's been the coach of the year in the conference 13 times he's made it to the NCAA semifinals he's had 13 MIVA player of the year winners uh, 712 career wins that's the third most in NCAA history and the big number the biggest of all 1,070 matches he's coached as Ohio State's head coach and with that that concludes this edition of Outside the Shoe I'm Jeff Hammersley. Thank you for listening to us. We'll do this again next week. Uh, and in the meantime, you can catch us on the website, landgrantholyland.com, uh, up to date for all the Ohio State news happening in football, basketball. Definitely a lot of news happening in football this week. So definitely check us out online. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And thanks again for listening. And once again, I'm Jeff Hammersley, your host of Outside the Shoe. Thank you.